you're going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy certain point if you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status we i mean i'm not even i'm not even saying eat meat but at least put some cereal in the milk come on <laughs> you that's like taking 666 the mark of the beast and redefining it like biggie tried to do and saying no it means this or that no, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Part two, godly contentment. Look, somebody say, be content. Satisfaction guaranteed. Godly contentment is something you achieve when you get in a place of being satisfied. Look at somebody say, satisfied. Satisfied. So we got to get like that. So things just don't look as good because we're pretty much satisfied. Satisfied with who you are, your creation role, and what you know to be the truth. That's three things. Satisfied with who you are. That's the first thing. You got to be satisfied with who you are. Satisfied with your creation role. And then satisfied with what you know to be the truth. Contentment starts with the defining of oneself based on God's definition, not man. So if you're ever going to be content, then you have to find out what God says about you. People read the word because they're saved. That's not a good enough reason. You need to read the word to find out who you are. Amen. Don't just read the Bible because you're saved. I know folks wake up every morning. I read the word every morning and sin with the devil every night. I read the Bible all the time, but you didn't stop doing what you're doing. But they're reading it because they're supposed to. That's not a good reason to read the Bible. You should be looking for something in there. Amen. Somebody tells you something and God, God gives you a vision and God tells you, oh, you need to work with youth and help youth out. Then you need to go in the Bible and find somebody that did that. You need to go in the Bible and see what Jesus said about youth. Find in the Bible how the disciples responded to Jesus when he, were when he was interacting with the youth. And you need to find those things because they're all there. But the first thing we think, God speaks to your heart and tells you, you need to work with youth. You go talk to the pastor. Um, I need you to put me over the youth at your church, please. <laughs> no, that's not what God said. He said, work with youth. You got youth in your neighborhood that need help. Youth in your family. Some of y'all, God gave you a vision of working with youth, and he was talking about your children. <laughs> God gave me this vision of helping these young brothers out. Yeah, because little T-Bone is in a game. You need to help him out of the game. That's what God is talking about. First thing they do is want to go to church and gather the youth together. And then their son is wreaking havoc in their own house. Does that make any sense? Do you think God would do that? Contentment starts with the defining of oneself based on God's definition, not man. When you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Recreate it. Look at somebody and say recreate it. Recreate. With a brand new start and mindset. So when you come to Christ, 
You're not the same person. If you are the same person that you were before you came to Christ, you didn't come to Christ. You came somewhere else. Amen. You got saved on the altar of Baal. Because you still won't bail. You can't won't bail in Jesus. Like the old folks, you say, you just ain't saved. Amen. There are no handicaps. Heaven does not have a ghetto. But you're a new creation. Philippians 4 and 11. Not that I speak in respect of, of, of want. Paul is saying, I'm not preaching because of what I want. He said, because I've learned in whatsoever state I am. Whatever state. Look at somebody say whatever. Whatsoever state. Whatever state that I'm in, I'm going to be what? Why was Paul content? Because he knew what he was created to do. He was doing what he was created to do. And he died to himself. So it didn't really matter what anybody thought. If Paul was concerned about what people thought, there's no way he could preach from jail. He'll preach from jail worried about what people think. And women, you know, women, let me say this carefully. (laughs) But women are definitely more prone to be concerned about what others think. Because there's an element of vanity that's in every woman. That's what happened with Eve. The devil went to Eve because Eve was the weaker vessel concerning what people think now when a man is always concerned about what people think that means that he has been overly mamaed and he hadn't had a good male role model in his life to teach him fortitude so he won't care what others think you see what I'm saying but when a woman you know a woman has the natural propensity to be worried about it this is why the man is supposed to cover her so she shouldn't worry worry about how she looks because the man tells her she's beautiful She shouldn't worry about what people think about the things they have because the man keeps her content. It's his words. It's his demeanor. It's his strength. It's his masculinity that covers her. Am I preaching? I'm I'm preaching, brother. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And he covers the woman. He's her protector and her provider. So she don't have to look anywhere else. She's content. Now, if he's not doing his job, then she's not content. Finding satisfaction in the flesh? I sound like a real preacher when I say it that way. It's impossible without having a definition of yourself from your manufacturer. This says authorized King James Version. This is a Bible. So the manufacturer has already defined for us what this consists of. That's how you have to be. You have to have God's definition of who you are or folks will change you. They'll change you every time if you don't know who you are. Only a person that knows who they are can really serve God. You can't serve God if you don't know who you are because you will be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Every time somebody breathes something different, you're questioning. Then you got to go get those boneheaded friends to tell you that you're okay. They're boneheaded. Then the level-headed friends tell you something wrong, you got the bone-headed ones to fix it. But then when you need some level-headed advice when you get in trouble, then you go to the level-headed person. You don't know who you are. There's no definition of you. You have allowed the world to define you. Define you. Can I keep preaching? 
This is why true contentment cannot be achieved without operating like you were created to operate. So if you aren't doing what you were created to do, you'll never be content. You can cover it up with money, success, degrees. We talked about all that last week. You can cover it up with anything. You can flavor it with anything you want, but there'll be no true contentment if you're not operating the way you were created to operate. Lesbian couples, gay couples, you know, on the surface, they try to act like, oh, yeah, we're just so happy. We're in love. We're so happy. No, they're not. Both of them got to get drunk before they can even sleep together at night. Because they're not operating like they were created to function. You weren't created to do that. Second Thessalonians 1 and 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would do what? Count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. God wants to fulfill all the good pleasure through you. But you got to know who you are first. He can't be pleased with your existence. Until you function like he created you, specifically you, to function. Y'all paying attention to this? Watch what you say. Many times our past can hinder our present state of contentment. We are not satisfied with the paths we chose because in a lot of cases our past sins and regrets has caused us to take turns in our lives that are still hindrances to our present state of contentment. That's why Paul said, brethren, I count not myself to have made it, but this one thing I do. In other words, he said, I'm not, I'm not exactly where I'm, I should be. He said, but one thing I'm going to do is forget what I used to be. You know, I may not be everything I need to be, but I'm definitely not who I used to be. But I'm forgetting those things that are where? And I'm reaching for those things that are where? Before. So I'm going to be better. I am better. I'll be better than this, but I'm better than I was. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's why he said this. And this is very, very important because your past can hinder your contentment. It really can. The way you were raised. I talk about this all the time. The way you were raised. The way, what you were told growing up. Remember, the church back then used to train women how to make a good home and how to do those kinds of things. Now the church is like, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to teach you how to sell Amway and Avon and Mary Kate and get the pink Cadillac. And if a man just happened to come, can't trust no man. You get out there and do it yourself. You put that in a girl, she's messed up. She'll spend the rest of her life trying to protect herself from a man. And the real man come along, she eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She just, oh, get on out of here. What I need you for? I can't trust you. I got to have my own bank account. I got to have my own money. My own money. I need my own money. You know what I'm saying? You be like, let's put our money together. Uh-huh. You might take some of mine. I thought we were one. Well, what happened? You think there can be contentment in a house like that? No. Because if they're in the house married, but they have separate thought processes, they always try to think how good it might be without the other because when I was by myself, one plus one equals one and one. What? (laughs) Don't equal two. One plus one is one and I'm one. No, y'all are one. Yep, two ones. (laughs) What? 
And you wonder why the divorce rate is what it is now. You can't be content like that. Amen. Don't get married. Just don't. If you want to be an independent woman, then don't, you can't get married. Just get old and let your ovaries crust over like pecans. Don't. Yeah, don't use, don't use that stuff and watch what happens. It goes bad. The Bible call it waxing old. Y'all are laughing and that's a real thing. Ain't that a real thing, Will? That's a real thing. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with my body. You ain't using it. That wasn't created for you to just get some. That's what it was created for. So you sit your daughter down when she's young and you tell her what her body's for. Your body was made for a man. God created you for a man to become one with a man. When you grow up, he's going to be your husband. So this is how you treat him. This is how you think. This is how you function. Teach her how to cook. Teach her how to clean. I just set the women back. Wait a minute. He just cooking and cleaning. I ain't going to be doing no cooking and cleaning. You're going to be by yourself. Not cooking and cleaning. Then you by yourself cooking and cleaning in your apartment. Why can't you cook and clean? And have, have a warm body next to you at night. Instead of a cat. <laughs> Come on, Pookie. That's all I got. I just messed it up. God didn't create you for no cat. Amen. Amen. You're a woman. You're a man. I say it almost every Sunday, but the LGBT wouldn't have a chance to forward their agenda if the divine, if the if the roles of heterosexuals were defined properly. If we were preaching creation roles and defining and defi- and giving the definition for man and woman and how we're supposed to function in the church, then they wouldn't even be able to do that. But no, in the church we got the gay dude on the organ and he's directing anti-creation role. Amen. It's hard to feel content when you continuously reap the fruit of bad decisions. When we are in this place, we begin to complain and exhibit dissatisfaction in our lives. These words harm us as well because without positive reinforcements from our own attitudes and thoughts, contentment cannot be reached. Solomon said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So because you're speaking the wrong thing, because you're saying the wrong thing, you are not positively reinforcing the right thing. You're strengthening what is wrong. Why would you say that in your house? I wish I had never married you. Why would you say that? Who says that in a house? How do you tell another human being that? Why would you tell your husband or wife that? You think that'll go away? When your argument's over, you think they'll remember? That they'll forget it? Why would you say that? I wish you looked better. You're a terrible wife. You're a terrible husband. You, you, you just, you sorry. You're just not a good man. You just, you're just lazy. You just, why would you speak that poison in your house? And then when, when one of them wander outside the house and cheat. <laughs> I can't believe he did, 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 did that to me. I can. 
she just don't like me. I don't know why she don't like me. What you saying to her? How are you talking to her? If you're supposed to be a covering and a protector, then why are you speaking, speaking fire to her? And just some random man tell her, oh, that's a nice dress. You just jump on him, huh? Dude, man, can I go with you? Because she's been a house where she's been verbally abused all the time. You ugly. You're nothing. You make me sick. I hate you. Why would you talk like that? That's a demon in you. And then wonder why nobody's content. Just silence in your house. Who want to be in a house and it's just quiet? Nobody talking. Just looking. What you want to eat? That's all y'all say. Food ready. just start eating don't nobody bless the food because it ain't the right spirit in the house to say nothing about the lord so just like just start eating hear the clanging of forks and plates just clank 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 who want to live like that i know i'm preaching the key to finding contentment in any state is your personal words and outlook Words and outlook. This is how you find contentment. If you don't see things getting better, they won't. If you don't say things will get better, then they won't. Your life will always agree with what you are saying. It's going to always agree with what you are saying. So you tell your husband he's no good, he's sorry. Guess what he's going to be? No good and sorry. That's what you marry. You're talking about yourself. You no good and sorry. What you marry him for? That's what he's thinking. They get in the bed at night and wants want a hug and cuddle. Boy, I'd find a bear trap and set it right next to you. Just reach over, cock. That's what you get. I dare you. Called her ugly all day. Me get in the bed with her. No, I'm ugly. Hebrews 13 and 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Be content with such things as ye what? Let your conversation be without what? Covetousness. In other words, change what you're saying. And be content about what you have. This doesn't mean that you can speak your way out of a bad decision. You can't speak your way we're not spooky in here, okay? So you do something dumb and you start trying to speak faith after it, you just shouldn't have done Amen. But it does mean that your attitude is subject to your confession and your contentment is contingent upon how you view things. Very, very important. I'm teaching you how to be content. Keys to godly contentment. First, I mentioned these in the first paragraph. Know who you are. You are unique. There is no one like you. You were created by God for his good pleasure. So if you can find what pleases him, then you don't have to live trying to please others. I talk to some people and every word is out of their mouth is what others said about them. 
You wouldn't have to live like that if you find out what pleases God. You will be able to be pleased and please those that God desires for you to please if you line up with his plan and live in his good pleasure. John 8 and 29. And he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone for I do always. This is Jesus saying I do always those things that what? So he don't leave me alone because I'm always trying to please him. And that's all you have to have is an attitude of pleasing God. Then you can be fully content. If you're not pleasing God, you won't be content. You were created for his good pleasure. Pleasure. Shorten the word, please. Please, pleasure. Same thing. You're created for that. So if you're created for his good pleasure, then you need to try to figure out how to please him. Amen. If you're a wife, then you please God through pleasing your husband. Oh boy, I just, I, that, that was, see, somebody don't want to accept that. No, I talk to God for myself. God knows me. He knows, yeah, he knows you out of order and you need to learn how to please your husband. Amen. Get off the knees, get in the bed. How about that? Close the Bible. Amen. Turn the book light off and put a red light bulb in there. You know what I'm saying? That's how you please God. Don't come telling me, you know, my husband, he just did something. No, and you praying all the time and conjuring up spiritual stuff, trying to have a revival in your house. You don't run no revival in your house. Amen. Same go with the men. Quit trying to use God to demean her. Amen. Love her like she's a woman. Not a Bible. I mean, tell me what you think. I, I know what Philip said. Tell me what you think. You know what I'm saying? Creation role. If you have the body parts, then they are there to be used. We've already talked about that. I don't have to talk about that no more, do I? God did not give you extras. Yeah, what he put on your body is supposed to be used for his good pleasure. Amen? So one day, a little boy, He's going to grow up, mature, and he's going to marry a woman. That's what that's for. So you need to teach him that. That girl, that's what that's for. Her virginity is for the man she will marry. You need to teach her that from a very young age. Tell her. Say, no, 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 no. You don't mess with, you don't play around with that. That's for your husband. Because that's going to release the oxytocin supply that's going to create the spiritual bond and make y'all one forever. Amen. You don't become one with Junebug and you 15. Amen. That's why we, you, you don't even have, why, why would you have a boyfriend and you 15? You can't marry him. Be a man. Be a woman. Pray to be a wife, mother, or husband, and father. There's nothing wrong with this, even though society has labeled these things burdens. Society has labeled God's way a burden. Breastfeeding, that's a burden. According to society. Marriage, you know, why would you marry? Test it out first. Live together. Sleep around. Knock boots. See if it's something you want to keep doing forever. That's what society's telling you. Amen. Telling you that through Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. See, that's why Tyler Perry put all that dysfunction in this movie. He's on assignment from Satan. Because he wants to get you used to abnormality. You're used to what is abnormal. And you accept it as the norm. 
And it doesn't bother you. So you don't teach your kids the right way because you've seen the wrong way so much. Then you start preparing for if they do the wrong thing. Versus pushing the right thing. We all make mistakes and I just got to make them see. Now you've already made room for error. I'm preaching in here. Without fulfilling your creation role, you will never. Look at somebody say never. Find godly contentment. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them what? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That's man's creation role right there. That's what he was created to do. That right there. You don't need any other scriptures. That's the creation role. And then keys. To contentment, you got to know the truth. If a man doesn't know God, he cannot know himself. He must know the truth about who we are. What makes you content is a part of knowing who you are. And only God knows the ins and outs of us. We must depend on his plan for us to keep us content. But if the plan you are following always leads you to striving for more, then it's probably not God's plan for you at all. Oh, I wish you would hear that. If what you're doing keeps making you want more, keeps making you selfishly ambitious, keeps making you strive, then that's, that wasn't what God wanted you to do. Because God is not going to tempt your flesh. He said he can't tempt you. So if you're constantly tempted, you can't even find peace because you're always trying to get more. There is a peace and rest in God's plan that will keep your selfish ambitions out of it. God's plan for you, there's no room for selfish ambition. Because it's not your idea, it's his. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? So your flesh dies to it and you allow God to push it and promote it. You can be on your job just doing a good job on your job. And the manager come and promote you. But if you're constantly seeking ways to please the manager to make him like you so that you can get a promotion, then you're going to compromise. Does that make sense? You're going to have to start doing things of your own power to make it happen. And when you have to do that, then it's probably not God. The true plan of God for your life will never cause you to fall. The true plan God has for you, if you follow that, then you don't have to worry about falling. Why would he get you out there and let you fall? And your godly contentment is in this place. Jude tells us, now unto him that is able to do what? To do what? Keep you from falling. God's plan keeps you upright. There's no compromise in his plan for you. You don't have to worry about falling. You don't have to worry about giving in. Summary. So many people base their contentment on superficial things. They base their happiness on the words of others. They base their contentment on lies and they never reach a content place in God. When you do not reach this place, you will constantly be defined by others and live your life to please people instead of God. This is a miserable existence. Not only you, 
but your family will suffer because of your discontentment. This is why God doesn't give certain things to certain people. Because he knows that they are asking for the wrong reasons. And he would rather we find contentment in who he made us versus what he can give us. Luke 12 and 20. This was the parable of the man that got plenty and he hid it in barns. And he said, let's build more barns so we can store it up. In other words, he was trying to get as much as he could get. God said to him, you foolish one, tonight I will take your soul from you. And who then will be the owner of all the things which you have got together? So that is what comes to the man who gets wealth for himself and has not wealth in the eyes of God. Wow. Why would you get caught up in having things and they didn't come from God? Who do you have to brag to? And he said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, Take no thought for your life about your food, the food you will take, or for your body, how it may be clothed. Is not life more than food and the body than its clothing? What is he saying? He's saying, why are you worried about things? Isn't your life worth more than things? He wants you operating the way he created you to operate and functioning like you were manufactured to function. Only then will you find contentment. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.